Welcome back to Page of the Wind Season 2, The Wise Man's Page, the sometimes daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Sphere and then we talk about it. My name is Nick. I'm Jordana. And Jeremy is away, sadly. He is uh, swamped. A break for him, this is not. So uh, Jordana and I are here today coming to you from our beds, we rolled out of bed, the the Barcraft bed that we share. <laughs> Jeremy's already left. It's just us. <laughs> yeah, well, Jeremy's working from the bed. He's over there. Oh, I see. He's working from home. Tapping away on his laptop. Yeah, he's working. So he's just like across the room from us, tapping away at his laptop. He's actually, our Barcraft bed uh, converts into Barcraft chairs, so he's just uh, at his chair. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it, it's like, uh, it's like, it's they come apart and they're like three little go-karts. So oh, when, <laughs> yeah, so he's driven off and he's at the office now and we are sitting in our little go-karts in, in the studio. As you probably know, we're currently on a break, but we can't quit you. So we're jumping back in just to say hello. How are you doing, listeners? We miss you. We're providing an interlude. And what are we doing on this interlude, Jordana? We are going to have a retrospective look at what we've done so far, like adults. <laughs> That's right. What better time than a break to look back, take stock, and consider where you've been and where you're going. Where did you come from? Where, where did, did you, you go? go? Are you going to finish the song? No, I actually can't remember. The only thing I can think of is the Tumblr post where it's like, be gone from this plane, Cotton Eye Joe. Thy grip on this plane faded long ago from oh, whence wow, you came that's... from. So to you must go. <laughs> that's really <laughs> intense. The foul demon. Yeah, be gone, the foul demon, Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, so that's, now whenever I think of that song, that's the only thing I can think of as the lyrics. I know that they're not the lyrics, but they are. They are better. That That's a better song than what we got. So we are currently sitting at page 498. Well, we finished 497. Yeah. We're in 498 of the Wise Man's Fear. We're not going to read exactly it. So we're not halfway through the book. That's right. You're right. We're not going to read it. We're not quite there yet. But we finished 497 pages, which is exactly halfway through the book. That's over a year in real time. Let's let's call it a year and a half. And uh, needless to say, a lot's happened in that time. I don't think we really need to get into the details of the real-time aspects, but I am interested, Jordana, in talking a bit about what we've learned this read, how this read has differed from past reads, and what, how our relationship to this book has changed Boy, since, has it. since doing this podcast. Yeah, so why don't you kick us off, Jordana? Sure. We've we've yeah. Let's let's start by talking about just like a recap of the story. Well, we sort of let's see. We always start the book in an interlude, which is the usual. It's you know, um. Oh man, where did we even begin? I'm trying to remember how many interludes there were. I'm like flipping through the book because everything blends together, right? It's like, where did the wise man's fear begin and the name of the wind end? And it's going to be the same way when we get the other one. Doors of Stone. It's I know true. the name of that book, I it's... swear. <laughs> well, he's also said many times that that might, it might change. It may not actually be called the Doors of Stone. Yeah. Like, I feel like we sort of started this book 
where we've already got established from the name of the wind that like we've got his relationship with Devi is established, but that ended rockily in the name of the wind, didn't it? Or did that happen in this book? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's zoom out even more than that. The first act, so to speak, of this book and what we've read is him uh, sort of returning to quote unquote in Scarecrow's returning to the, the university after being expelled from it and then readmitted at the end of, name of the wind uh he spends the first act there uh kind of tooling around and dueling with ambrose and discovering a little bit more about the emir at the beginning of this book quoth discovers the importance of the emir to the chandrian and decides that he's going to start seeking the emir instead of seeking the chandrian because there's basically no information about the chandrian I feel like and we don't really get the, into the Amir though until like like we don't I feel like we don't get a lot of the meat of the Amir till like I mean in my book it's the three hundreds. So in your book it's probably like the more higher numbers. Like we get the Amir, but we don't get like lots of info about them. I have a bookmark specifically that's like this is what the Amir look like. And it's like in the three hundreds. No, but we do get Quoth's decision to start seeking the Emir rather than seeking the Chandrian because the Chandrian was not fruitful. Oh, I see. Yes. He changes his direction slightly. Yes. Sort and of to that way. end, he he takes up a commission in the court of the mayor. Um, so the second half of the first half of this book is Quoth traveling uh, and arriving at Severin and then getting established in Severin. And he's still, at this point where we've left off, hasn't really done much to accomplish his aims, which is learn about the Emir. Although one might theorize if one was uh, predisposed to crackpot theories that he may be learning more about the Emir than he realizes simply by being in the court. I don't know. Does it count as learning about something if you're not actually absorbing that information? Like if that information is occurring around you, but you're not like actively absorbing it, does it still count as learning? I mean, I certainly think so. I think it depends on what kind of... It depends if he uh, retains it, maybe. Yeah, well, it depends on what what your theory of pedagogy is. Like, for me, if you are exposed to something and you are able to, like, change your behavior or, you know, adjust the way you think of something based on that input, you're learning, even if you're not sitting in a classroom. No, but, like, is, what I'm saying is, is behavior changing? Because I'm not. Oh, that's a good sure, question. I'm not sure that it is. Is that that's kind of what I'm saying? Like, can we really count it as learning if those things are happening, but we're not sure if they're actually affecting his behavior? I think that we have uh, sort of established that Quoth is starting to learn. I think that we have encountered a few situations where he does take a bit more time to consider himself. I think certainly in the mayor's court, he is a, a, a lot less impulsive. Maybe it's because he feels less in control and less comfortable than he does in the university. But it seems to me that that Quoth is learning. Is he learning about the Emir necessarily? I don't know. But I also think that uh, future revelations will cast these events in a new light. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, may, let me hedge that a bit, may cast these events in a new light. <laughs> and what we don't get is the remainder of Quoth's time in the mayor's court. It's an interesting place to stop. It's interesting that it happens exactly halfway through the book because on the very next page, we we begin the process of shipping Quoth out of Severin. Quoth learns about the bandits and takes on the commission from the mayor to go 
um, to go off and fight them. And so coming up, we have the Amir, we have the Time and Fey. So not the Amir. We have the uh, the bandits. We have the Time and Fey. We have the Adam. Yeah, which is really like I feel like those are the most exciting parts of the book. Like there are there's yeah like, well it's fine. the first half's fine but the second half's definitely better. There's a lot of great moments in the first half. I just think that because Quoth spends almost all of the name of the wind in the university, the parts in the university, and you know, uh, Imra, not Imra, less sorry. Um, yeah, no, it is Imra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tarbian and Imra, I'm mixing up. Yeah, the parts in in the university and its environs don't feel that special. Whereas in Wise Men's Fear, you're starting to travel. We're seeing more of the the world. Uh, we're there's more like distinct scenes distinct moments rather than stuff that all occurs in the university that's that's my read on it anyway yeah although i do get like some of the relationship building um for like him and his buddies that occurs in the first half of the wise man's fear and like Mm -hmm. the whole like sequence with ambrose's rooms is great oh yeah oh yeah and the whole relationship with devi uh the the switcheroos with the the ring quoth trying to find the ring and then having to pawn it and then meeting denna and not having the ring yeah all of that stuff is really fun uh the famous so-called bechtel scene that we just talked about uh that has occurred and there's a lot we can glean about denna so i want to so let's 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 segue then into our retrospective and what we've learned uh this read uh for me the biggest thing is that i have a a vastly better opinion of Denna than I ever have before. And I've read this series four or five times and I, you know, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't say I'm a hater. I've always been sympathetic to Denna, but because of the pace and the attention that we're giving to every single page, I am feeling like I'm picking up way more of the, not just the clues, but the uh, empathetic indicators that Denna lets slip. Like she's far less, she's very good at, at protecting herself, but she's far less uh, composed than she appears when you know what to look for. Mm-hmm. And I have a much better appreciation of the character and a much better sympathy for the character on this read. Yeah, I agree with that. I think like I, I too like Denna better than I used to, like even through name of the wind. And I think part of that, like part of the reason I didn't like Denna before is because of the way I was reading the book, because like in the book, uh, I guess Quoth is supposed to be the audience stand in because he's like the main character, right? Like you're supposed to kind of like, I don't know that he feel what he feels sort of he, deal. Yeah, I don't know if I would call him the audience stand in. So much. I mean, he sometimes is because sometimes he needs to be told things about the place he's in because he has the same amount of information as the audience. But yeah. he certainly has his own. He's not a blank slate. He has his own uh, views and his own agency. But he is the audience's lens into the world. So everything yeah. the audience well, like, gets is. I never felt like terribly connected to Quoth for whatever reason. So when Quoth did a stupid thing, I was like, "Oh, Quoth's doing a stupid thing." Like. It was acceptable. But when Denna did something that I disagreed with, I felt like personally hurt. (laughs) And I was like, I would never do that. Why would Denna do that? Like, I wanted Denna to be my friend. I wanted Denna to be like me and she wasn't. And like, I think that's where my read was incorrect. Like, I shouldn't have been reading it like that. And I didn't this time because of the way that we're reading it now. And I can appreciate her character a lot more now. Because there isn't like... 
Yeah. I'm interested in learning why, where that impulse comes from, Jordana. Was that because as the female lead, you sort of expected her to, to play the part of a protagonist? I don't think like logically I thought that. I think that just like emotionally, that's where my brain was at. Because I always, like, I think that, like, I always want to feel connected to a book. And the best way for me to feel connected to a book is to find myself in it. But I don't really find myself in any of the characters in this book. So it's tricky. Um, I actually think I find myself most in Simmon. But, like, I expected, I guess, to find myself in Denna. And I didn't. And I was, I was looking for me in the wrong places. And that's why, like, it didn't, it didn't, my, like, the first time I read this book, I wasn't reading it the best way I could be reading it. But I think that the way we're doing it now is the best way to be reading this book for me. <laughs> okay. Well, that- I have to say, I don't think, I don't recommend anybody read any book one page at a time over <laughs> many years. <laughs> Okay, what what, what I meant is, like, considering it critically and, like, thinking about their personalities, like, more deeply, like, instead of just, like, getting all the book in. Because you don't really need to worry about getting all the book in when you've already technically read it, so you kind of know what's coming. That's true. I also don't recommend that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an interesting way to read a book. I don't think that... I know it was never intended to be read this way, and I also wouldn't recommend anyone outside of, like, a, a school course... Uh, reading a book and then having a conversation about every single page but it certainly does slow down the pace and let you consider why you feel the things you feel about it and and what about it really resonates with you i think it's really neat jordana to you know, call out how much representation matters uh certainly in fantasy and you know i'm this is not a new idea um that you know a male protagonist uh in fantasy may tend to alienate a a non-male reader. And I agree with you that, like, I feel the same way that I don't feel particularly connected to Quoth. I have a lot of, you know, sympathy and empathy with Quoth. But especially on this read, we can also bring it back to another another retrospective. While I have so much more sympathy for Denna, I have so much less sympathy for Quoth on this read. I'm about par for Quoth. I feel like I thought Quoth was kind of a jerk the first read around. I was just more okay with it. Yeah, I feel like I have more distance from Quoth, and I have more. Uh, I'm certainly more critical of him. And as as been pointed out many times this this season of the podcast, I uh, I tend to approach him with a less than charitable lens, um, which is interesting because it's not like I don't like him. I don't want to give the impression that I don't like the character or that I think he's a bad guy. I just um, really find interesting about this book. The idea that it is a he's if, if he was a hero who did all the right things all the time, this book would be interminable. And it almost is a book where the hero does all the right things all of the time, uh, because Quoth is really great at a lot of stuff. Um, but if you look a little deeper, and... he's also really shitty at a lot of stuff, which is kind of the, exactly. the joy of it. Yes, yes, exactly. And so it's really actually kind of great and kind of refreshing to have the great successes balanced by the great follies. Um, It's certainly like cathartic to see or to, you know, to feel things done well, like high stress things done well. I think that's a lot of the appeal of of fantasy. And that's even the appeal of like procedural television and, uh, and superhero uh, entertainment, you know, is to like, 
vicariously experience people who are incredibly good, perhaps superhumanly good at something, uh, do it. it. You know, it, it evokes a sense of order and and uh, control. You know, it's it's very yeah control, and it's it's very cathartic. But um, I don't want to read about Drit Stewart and the best ranger ever with his two cool swords who can summon a spirit panther and is the coolest guy always. Um, this is sort of a, a sidebar. I just came back from the cottage and there's a bunch of old Conan books there. And the Conan books are an absolute riot um, because for this exact reason, because Conan is like <laughs> never in danger. He's always the coolest guy in the room. Uh, he always like effortlessly kills everybody who's threatening him. Uh, he does occasionally like get hurt, which is nice, but uh, <laughs> a sophisticated <laughs> protagonist, he ain't. <laughs> hmm. I say, having never read the Conan books and having no want to, I'm not sure I will ever fully understand that. But I guess it's kind of yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, well, there. You know what, Jordan? You might like them because they're all kind of short stories. They're all like novellas and short Ooh, stories, I do and love they're really me goofy. A short story. Yeah, they're all really goofy, and they they do get at some really kind of fun cosmic horror stuff. Like he's always in weird lost cities where there's like a horrible uh, monster who's like ontologically difficult to understand or um, this and that. He also of course is constantly uh, getting the better of the, uh, the, the women who try to beguile him with their sexiness. And he is always sexier than they are. And they always give in to his, uh, his, his lusty ways. Um, so that that doesn't resonate. You know that that um, not the best. Not the best. Like it's campy. Uh, so and so you can kind of like, chuckle at it and and um, and appreciate the campiness. And something that's coming up. And I think we're going to do another episode about what's coming up. But uh, we are getting into the uh, the free love portion of the book, uh, which has drawn its share of criticism. And I'm still not sure how I feel about it. I think that it is justified in the text well. Um, I just hope that it pays off um, in book three because in this book, it kind of seems like he just enters a space where it's okay to have a lot of sex. Uh, and you know, the, the close reader in me says that this is already kind of paying off because it changes his attitude towards sex and that damages his relationship with Denna. But there's a lot of interesting theories floating around about the nature of uh, sex and reproduction in Temerant. Um, and so uh, I almost wonder if that is kind of where it's going. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, uh, some readers have written in already sort of uh, expressing their anticipation for my hot takes when we get to the <laughs> sex portion of the book. And I want to... Uh, Balm your nerves, listeners, by telling you that I do not particularly dislike the sex portions of the book. I find them generally quite uh, beautiful and respectful. Even Florian, I I kind of don't mind. It's definitely I fun don't to like. Minding those parts of the book, but I also like. It's been a while. <laughs> like I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's it's also kind of fun. Like I think before, I think I reread this book in anticipation of getting to it um, before we started the podcast, before we started page of the wind, I think I reread both the books and I haven't read them since. So it's now fresh eyes or as fresh as they get. And it's been like almost what, like four years, I guess, since we started. 
Yeah, the podcast. Uh, 20, so I actually, 2018, I think. No, 2017 we started. Late 2017. Yeah, so I, I really haven't read this book in five years. So everything that's coming up is going to be relatively fresh. Um, which is, is kind of a cool way to go into it. Like, I can still be surprised. And certainly I think you guys, it's funny to encounter Jeremy. He's like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> what is Who is this guy? I don't know who this is. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's really funny to encounter Jeremy like that. I mean, I also am kind of like that. Like, there are definitely things that I encounter in the book, and I'm like, oh, I, I don't remember this at all. Like, there are some things that really stick with me, and some things that I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> my my biggest issue is remembering the order things happen in. <laughs> like, we literally just read this book, and I have like trouble still maintaining. Like, okay, wait, this happened before that, and then this happened before that. But that happens to me with like every book I read, especially long ones. Hmm. I don't know how important that is in in this book. I think. I think yeah. You, you just probably need to know that it happens. The... Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Which is probably also um, why I don't put a lot of time into remembering the particular order. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So just looking back, interestingly, I'd say that my two biggest takeaways are a, a reassessment of my opinion of the two leads. I feel way better, way more generous towards Denna, and I'm far more critical of Quoth. What would you say your your summary of, uh, of your feelings about this book so far based on this project have become? I mean, I think I just had a lot more appreciation for details in general. Like... Reading is such a slog for me that, like, I just don't always have the brain power for all the details. And something that this has really done, like, for, for me as a reader is being able to really look at those details. So, like, little details, like, like I remember them off in Vaz, but rereading about it, uh, like, really changed my mind about it. I actually, like, really disagree with the artwork I made for it now. I feel like I need to change it. Um, and there's all sorts of, like, little things like that throughout the book where I'm like, oh, like, you know what, I imagined this one way, but now looking at the details and really appreciating those details, like, it's it's actually this other way. Um, and, like, not big changes, but just the opportunity to really spend time on that has has been the thing that I think I've gained most out of this. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Am yeah, I making sense? that really does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that really makes perfect I sense. I love it when I make sense. And I'm Jeremy, and I haven't learned anything. My <laughs> opinions are always correct. There's only the one way to interpret this, this book. Extremely good. I think Jeremy listens to more of it than I do. And you don't listen <laughs> at all, right? <laughs> all right. I guess, I guess that covers it. Yeah? I think so. All right. I think so. Listeners, thank you for sticking with us. We'll see you for another interlude. Yes, please bear with us as we continue our break. It is uh, much needed. I am ever more rejuvenated by the hour. But we will see you, as Jordana said, for another interlude on another page of the Wind. Wind.